Okay, it's Orion Tov, everyone. We continue in the learning the Sefer Das Hasviros. We'll try to finish Bina today and start Das tomorrow. There's a few more loose ends in Bina that we have to discuss. We said yesterday that Bina is associated with the mikvah as well. And as... Uh, Rabbi Akiva said, remember, fortune that Jewish people, me, Metaris, them, who is purifying, and me is Memiud, the Gematria 50, the 50 gateways of Bina. And the Pusik says, Mikvah Yisrael Hashem. Hashem is the Mikvah. And just like a Mikvah purifies a, not an unholy person, so too does a Mikvah, does Hashem purify the Jews from their sins. And obviously, what we're saying is it has to do with Bina. Bina is critical. Now, where in the world do you put Bina to a mikvah? <clears throat> so the idea being, when you go into a mikvah, for it to be a kosher immersion, what has to happen? You must be entirely covered by the water. Now, water is understood as what we call chomer, mass. It's mass. There's two things, chomer and tzura. Mass is like mass, and sur means shaping it into something that is of a purpose. Water, you can't really shape water. <laughs> it's the one thing that will defy shape, unless you put it in a glass. You know, in a glass, it's about the only thing you can't shape. Like, it's just all over the place. It spills all over the place. Can you take a bunch of water and put it without, with, like, I could take sand, and I can put it in a place. I can put almost everything in a place. But water is anti-placement, so to speak. I mean, I could put it in a jar, but the jar is holding the water in, but the water on its own would go. But anything else, I don't have to put liquid, and water is the existential liquid. All liquids come from water. It defies and refuses to be shaped. So it's the ultimate of Homer, which is mass, but it's not being shaped and that would express a lot of earthliness, so to speak. And really, when it doesn't have any shape, it really doesn't provide you any life. So therefore, and in this place, the person will purify himself from the Tuma. And what's gonna happen, we'll see in a minute, is that the person now is born anew as a brand new creature. And therefore, he has the new virtues and, uh, because what's happening, if you'd sit in the water by yourself, you'd die. <clears throat> if you stay in the water forever, you're dead. So the idea being, so when you're in the water right now, if we don't do anything, you're dead. Once you come out, you become alive. And that's the concept of you're going out of that earthliness and you now are being born into a new reality. That's why people go to the mikvah near Shabbos, because Shabbos is all about receiving Bina. And the preparation for that, to get into Shabbos, is to be a new creature that's open and amenable to hearing all the information that's there. And that's why Rabbi Akiva says, Me metareschem, who is purifying him? Me is the 50 levels of Bina, right? And when a person totally enters the water, which also means I'm nullifying my reality. If I'm going in the water, I'm basically saying I'm gonna die. <clears throat> if I don't get out of the water, I'm dead. 
So now when I come out, I become a, a born-again person, as it were, and you come out pure. And that is why, because you're connecting to the source of all that, it has no sin at all, and that is the realm of Bina. And therefore, the great Kabbalists say the main way of tshuva, really, the 100% tshuva will only be in the next world. Because that's when Bina has complete control, and there'll be complete tshuva. But until that point, the mikvah is a very good place, and as well, wherever else Bina is found, such as Shabbos, such as Yom Kippur, and things like that. So that's the idea of getting to this point of Bina. So now, now that we get to that, now we understand why the Gemara says, when your Mishnah says, when you're 40, that's the time for Bina. You're old enough to have that level of understanding. Interesting why 40, just like a mikvah has to be 40 sa'a. That's a measurement. And therefore 40 for Bina. And uh, there's going to be a discussion. There's different types of Bina. But we understand at 40 years old, you're going to go from a lower level of Bina. Because later on, we discuss there's two levels of Bina. A lower level Bina, higher level of Bina. These are things that are beyond our understanding right now but when you're 40 you're reaching that level the lower level of Bina is called Tefuna and the higher one is called Bina so when you're reaching 40 you now are able to learn Kabbalah deeper understandings deeper realities okay and since Bina is the source of Tshuva and that's the source of the Mikvah and it purifies you so therefore, when a person sins and does chula, his soul is going to a higher place, as we'll see in a minute, which parallels the world of neshama. As we'll see in a minute, they, these become the parallels, as we'll see in a minute. So in that realm, when you're in that realm, you can overcome your yetzahara, you can make all kinds of fences as necessary for you not to fall back into sin. The 613 mitzvahs are meant for the lower level of living in this world completely. And obviously, if a person has failed in that area, he has to go to a higher level to succeed, as we'll see in a minute. So you have to go to a higher level into the world of neshama, which is the world of thought, and it helps you with your service, and it brings you to purity. Because you're going into a higher place. That's why it says, well, let's just see, the problem with the author is he's, switching he's saying things in advance before he's saying other things and that's what makes it harder to grasp what's going on over here but as he will say okay let's let's put the things together over here remember five levels of soul nefesh ruach neshama chaya yechida so now we're hitting that third level of neshama we talked about the partsufim the highest partsuf is what? The Arach Anpin, then Abba, then Ima. Ima is Bina. So Ima is paralleling what? The Neshama of that is, nesh, is Neshama. The level of soul is Neshama. And then we've got the Bina, where we have Keser, Chachma, Bina. So third from the top, going across, is Bina in Sviros, Ima in Partsufim, and the soul of it, the inner core, is neshama. Now, what did we say neshama? Neshama is not in the person. Now, we already said chayin yechida are way beyond the person. 
Neshama is not as far away. And what does it do? It can, as we say, the neshama sparks into the brain of the person. So it's able to impact directly to the physiology of the person. So that's getting close. It's a lot closer than Kesser. It's a lot closer than Chachma. Bina, remember he says, when it begins to interface with this world. How is it interfacing? Because now it's sparking into your brain. But that still is way beyond the world of action. The world of action is going to be below in the realm of Ruach and Nefesh. That's where the real happening of the world is happening. And that's going to be the two lower parts, Sufim, where we say the Se'er Anpin, the small face, and the Nukfa, the whole, so to speak, or the Nekeva, the female. And that'll be the two, the seven lower Spheros. So there's a lot of Spheros in one level. It's going to be six spheros at one level. But we're still on the three higher spheros. We're still in the three higher partsufim. And we're still in the three higher levels of soul. But here's the point. To really do tshuva, if you're making sins, where are your sins happening? In the lower realms. In this world. Dealing with the physical world, that's where your sins are happening. You're not sitting up in Shemayim. There's no, there's no sinning. You're really not sinning very much in your thoughts. Not much. The whole In the area of holy thoughts, it isn't. So the question is, how do you come to doing tshuva? And that's what we're saying. It's got to happen from something above. From something above. You have to have a higher level thinking. So when you, you see, when you're sinning, you're not doing very much thinking at all. <laughs> A lot of rational thinking, but that's way down. It's more emotional. Most decisions are made with emotion, not with a lot of thought. If you're thinking divine thoughts, you ain't sinning. And that's the, from the Kesser, Chachma Bina Das. That's all the realm of real genuine thinking. When you're genuinely thinking, you're in the world of Bina, you are not sinning. So now how do you climb out of the mess when you've done an Avera? We're in the lower levels of Ruach and the Shamas where the mistakes are made and you act on those mistakes. You can't get out of it in that level of Ruach and the Shama, Nefesh because that's where you've been making your mistakes. So you got to get, jump up. And when you jump up to the Neshama level where the information sparks into the brain, it's from beyond, but the closest place that interfaces with the physical world and that's why you're doing the tshuva. And this explains the Gemara that says in the place that the Baal tshuva stands, the great tzaddik, complete tzaddik, cannot stand. Why? Because the complete tzaddik is the person who lives in the world of Ruach, he lives in the world of Nefesh, and he doesn't sin. For whatever reason, which we'll have to discuss, and that's a very nice thing, but if you don't sin, you don't have to do tshuva. For whatever reason, then you don't have to climb into the world of Neshama. You don't have to climb into the world of Bina. Because you're already okay. You're not making any sins. The Balchuva, if you already made enough bad choices, you can't extricate yourself from there. You're stuck. So where so where do you have to go? You gotta take it a higher level. You gotta take it to the world of Bina where you get divine assistance, so to speak, 
and in a place where in that world of Bina, at least over there, things are clear and you understand exactly what you should do. And therefore, the uh, Sefer says, very good, the place that the Baal Tshuva stands. It doesn't say the Baal Tshuva is greater than the Tzaddik. He's saying the place that the Baal Tshuva stands, the Tzaddik's not standing there. Why? Because he didn't have to go into the world of Bina to get himself out of the mess. He was able to stay below and stay fine. That's the understanding. And now we can understand another interesting idea if you like math. He says, 40 saw, okay, these are, these are liquid measurements according to Talmud, equals 960 log. Okay? And those are certain measurements. Okay? So it's uh, 40, 960 divided by 40 is 24. 24. So guess what? The Bnei Yisachar says the 40 days of Chodesh from Chodesh Elul, which is Tilliam Kippur, is 40 days. 24 hours is 960 hours. So that which the mikvah is in the water, 960 log, so is time-wise, 960 hours is the time we have to go through the mikvah of time. And that's what Rabbi Akiva is saying. Fortunate are you, who are you purifying yourself? Your father in heaven, who's like the mikvah. Okay? So therefore, that's the idea that we're, we're, we have to come to this realm of Bina to be able to be able to do the tshuva. And where's that happening? It's coming, 40 is to learn the Kabbalah, to learn Hasidus, where you get a deeper understanding of things. And nowadays we're told that since the Baal Shem Tov was permitted to reveal the Torah of the Kabbalah, certain types of Kabbalah you can learn before you're 40 to help you with your Avodah Hashem, as we're doing over here as well. Okay. Now again, which some things we're just telling you, and you may not totally understand it, but it's important as, as foundation. So now he says that uh, Bina has two types of illumination. One is compared with the letter Mem and the other with the letter Samach. And the higher level of Bina, that is through the letter Samach, and that's called Bina. And the lower level of Bina is called Tvuna, and that's the letter Mem Sophis, and that's Tvuna. Now, add 40 and 60, that's 100. Yes. Now, what do we know? There are two letters in the Luchos that stood miraculously. What were they? Remember, when the Luchos, Hashem etched in. What does it mean he etched? He carved out. The letter was hollow. In other words, an aleph. You'd look, and what would you see? It wasn't, it wasn't an aleph written on top. It was etched through and through that there was space. The aleph was the space with the rock in between it. You follow? The Aleph, there was nothing, it was a space carved out as an Aleph. The miracle was, you look from the front, it's an Aleph. If you go to the back, it'd be a backwards Aleph. But no, the miracle was, it was a frontward Aleph even from the back. Okay, that's interesting. But when you're carving out an Aleph, at least there's part of the rock that makes up the outside of the Aleph. Now, when you make a Samach, a Samach's a circle. So where's the carved out 
part is the circle. Where's the rock? Around the outside of the circle and in the inside of the circle. What's holding up the rock on the inside? Nothing. Nothing. How about a memsophis? It's like a square box. Yeah. Nothing holding. So that's what it is. They stood with a miracle. And with that, the world exists. There's a lot of mysticism over here, but Mem and Samach are the two letters that have to do with lower level Bina, higher level of Bina. Without Bina, the world can't exist. People are just going to live with their animalistic tendencies and their feelings and emotions and all that and without using any of the Torah wisdom and applying it to the rigors of life, we have major problems. And therefore, what's the gematria of Mem and Samach? Mem is 40, Samach is 60, and that's why we need to make 100 brachas every day because that will bring us a certain type of bina, a certain type of wisdom. You're looking at the world, and the world, there's no God in this world, but every time you interact with the world, you're saying a bracha. That is a wisdom. You see, I'm walking because God has me walking. Well, that's a whole different way of looking at it. I have I have food. It's because God gives me the food. All these things I keep relating. That's where the bina comes into the person. And we know what happened. There was a great plague. People were dying every day. David and Melech knew have to institute 100 brachas a day to stop the plague. Okay? And therefore, we understand uh, these things where it really needs bina to keep the world going. Okay? And... We go a little further now, but the real luchos, the luchos are the tablets, but there's also an idea of the luchos in your heart. Because the Torah says there's nobody as free as someone who the, who, who have, it's called, it's um, engraved, it's called chorus in Hebrew. Chorus is engraved. Same word as chorus, freedom. Mishnah says there's no one as free as someone who is totally engaged in Torah. So what Hashem was trying to show us, very interesting, is the two tablets really are reflecting the two, um, what do you call it, uh, of the heart, the two, um, not the valves, the sections, the, I'm just missing the word, the ventricle, the right ventricle, the left ventricle. So, So the Torah has to be etched into you and that's the key to keep your bina. And the bina, we, we associate also with that, and that keeps you going. Okay, fascinating now. You see some other interesting ideas. My mother of Shalom told me that her father was a very holy person. Or the graph, yeah. He didn't talk on Shabbos. There were holy people who would not talk. Besides davening, Davening, making brachos, singing zmiros, and saying divrei Torah. But talking, they didn't talk. You're wondering, that's pretty odd. Why would they not talk? So we'll see over here a very fascinating idea. The Talmud Yerushalmi says, the rabbis with great difficulty permitted people to say, to greet people on Shabbos by saying shalom, to say hello, with great difficulty. In other words, they really said better not to. But, you know, people are going to get upset, they're going to get angry, so okay, you could say shalom. That's a mundane speech. There's nothing wrong with it, 
but it really doesn't suit Shabbos. And then the Tosfos says an interest brings a medrash. It says Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai had an had a grandmother, I think, who uh, would not talk on Shabbos. She wouldn't talk. So God says, why wouldn't it? She wouldn't talk like on the weekdays. He said, why do you not talk? She says, well, she was quiet because you don't talk on Shabbos like you do on the weekend. And Marshaw explains why. Listen to this idea. It needs deeper explanation. You're not allowed to do a malach on Shabbos, right? The three night malachas on Shabbos. Marshaw says, speech is an action on Shabbos. It's a malacha like an action. Wow, how do they know that? Well, it says when Hashem created the world, Hashem stopped doing all the work that he did on Shabbos, right? Well, how did he create the world? With speech. So speech is a very creative force. So let's explain this a little better. That when Shabbos, Shabbos is associated to Bina. Bina is the world of understanding. It's the world of thought. Now, thought is before the action of speech. Because talking is still an action. You have to move your lips. You can't talk without, unless you're a ventriloquist. And even then, you're moving something inside your throat. So, talking is an action. Thought is completely free. It's not limited but when you start talking, you are limiting your thoughts into the tool of speech. So on Shabbos, there's no place to speak mundane words because they are connected to the world of action, the physical world. And Shabbos is totally Venus, like the world to come. The world to come, we ain't doing anything. We're not going to work in the world. It's a world where it's a world of the mind. Because talking and all these things is very limited. And therefore, Shabbos is a day we've got to be engaged with that. That's the world we want to be in, the unlimited world. And why think, think a lot on Shabbos. Oh, oh, think a lot. And maybe say, divrei Torah from what you're thinking. Because Torah is not work, so to speak. That's spiritual talk. But just talk about anything else, you know, get me the salad. That's already, I'm working, so to speak. Now, this is for very high levels. This is for people who are like Rosh Hashanah's mother, who are in Olam Haba and Shabbos. You understand? If you are in this world, but still your mind is in Olam Haba, why would you talk? You are decreasing what is going on in your mind. Now, Torah, same words of Torah, well, that's God's infinite knowledge. So we don't decrease it. If I read from the Torah and, and read words of Torah, I'm not decreasing anything. When I open up my own mouth to express what I'm thinking, I'm decreasing what's in my mind. I can't do that, so I should be thinking. So that was for holy people, but not at least you understand why they're doing it. And, you know, there's this idea with the, uh, with the monks uh, that they, you know, they have this idea they don't talk. You know, they tell they tell a, a joke with this uh, person. He wants to be a monk. He wants to go to, goes to a, whatever where the monks are. 
You know, it's monks. It's the first beginning of the word monkey. But anyway, we won't go there. Anyway, so he goes to Tibet or somewhere. He says, I want to be a monk. This and that. He says, well, first rule, you got to know you can't talk for five years. Can't talk for five years. And even then, you only say two words. If you're not willing to do that, then forget doing the joint. So the guy says, okay, I'm in. So for five years, he's quiet. Don't say anything. Five years up, okay. What what do you say? What do you have to say? You got two words. Food, bad. <laughs> okay. Another five years. He gets another chance to speak. He says, mattress hurts. Okay. Another five years. Comes, two words. I quit. <laughs> so the Swami, the head guy, says, well, you know what? I'm really glad you quit because all you ever do is complain. <laughs> so the point being, um, yes. So I, I Shlomo, heard are you gonna, like, Shlomo, are you gonna complain now? <laughs> yeah. I heard that uh, we are given limited numbers of words. That's like a different speak. thing. Like a, yes, that's yeah. true. That's true. There's a limited amount of words you're given in this world. Uh, but we don't know what it is. So unless you know you're getting close to it, you just might as well keep speaking. But again, you know, there's there's not a lot that can be gained from speech. Because most of the time, you know, let's just say, when you're speaking, how many things can happen? Well, it's, it's almost like the, the famous statement in football. There are certain coaches, why would they have a running game as opposed to a passing game? He says, when you pass, three things can happen and two of them are bad. Yeah. Incomplete, intercepted. Yeah. Running, the, the odds are better. Okay, if it's true or not, I don't care. But when you're speaking, three things can happen and two of them are bad. Right? You could say something, lush and horror. Or you could say mundane things not connecting to Hashem. The only thing that's good is dominating, learning, and things like that. So it's a dangerous game, speaking. Thinking... You're never going to do anything bad. I'm thinking about Hashem. I think about this. I think about it. I'm not been doing terrible things, right? So therefore, since Shabbos, we don't want to be involved speaking. Already, is getting us involved in the world of action because that's what it is. You're talking about something where action is happening, and action, by definition, is limiting. So to speak, in Elam Haba, it's an unlimited reality. That's why in Rosh Hashanah we find something very interesting. Rosh Hashanah said they have Bina also. And what's the icon of Rosh Hashanah is the shofar. Now, when we blow the shofar, do words come out? Just a sound. It's not sound, it's not sound broken up into words. It's a cry without the tools. And that's a t cry from the depths of a person without boundaries. When you go, oh, you're not breaking it up into anything. When you say words, you're taking sounds and limiting them. So therefore, it's the one place in the world, in the physical world, there's no boundaries. That's when we got the Torah. It also came that way. And when Hashem created man, he blew a spirit into man on Rosh Hashanah that he blew from himself, and that's an infinite reality as well. So therefore, you understand where we have the idea of Bina is, is a time where he shouldn't be talking so much. 
And Rosh Hashanah, the main mitzvah is the blowing of the shofar, where there's no talking. There's a lot of noise, but no talking. It's not limited. And Bina is an unlimited place. And now we have to discuss, so what's the tool that connects to Bina? We said Chachma was sight. Bina is listening and understanding. Because since Bina means understanding things, and when a person listens, a person is able to understand things. And that's why the Kriya Shema, we say Shema Yisrael. Doesn't mean just listen to sounds, but listen well and really understand what's going on. There's actually hearing and listening. When it says Vayishma Yisrael, Yisrael heard. Everybody heard. No, but he heard and that hearing went deep inside of him and it brought him to actions. And it's very interesting, the difference between the ears and the eyes. The Hebrew word for an ear is ozen. How do you say a balanced scale in Hebrew? Moznaim, which is really ears, two ears. Now, why did God give you two ears and not one? Very important reason. What do the ears help you with? Your balance, your equilibrium. That's why if you're really having trouble with what's that thing called where the room is dizzy, you know, there's a sickness, I forgot what it's called. Vertigo, it's the ears are in trouble. It's that's the only it's not your brain, it's your ears. So what's going on? Because you're able to hear both sides of the coin. You know, you could hear pro, you could hear kind. Okay. On the other hand, the eyes, as we said, the eyes, that's the vision. It takes in everything. But Chachma, we said, is unlimited. It incorporates everything. That one little drop has everything. You look, you see everything. Out in front of you, everything gets seen. But hearing, hearing is, you hear this, on this side, hear that. And therefore, even if your eyes are closed, you can hear details. Hearing brings you more details, and you want to have balanced details. And that really gives you some balance. If you're hearing in one ear, hearing in the other ear, you have to balance everything what's going on over here. And this, the Shem Ishmuel explains why when a Jew steals and he decides to stay as a slave for 50 years, we pierce his ear. And we say, why do we pierce his ear? Because the ear that heard it sign a don't steal, he went and steals. And you should realize, and you became a servant because you're stealing. You gotta know we're servants of Hashem and out of people. So you decide to acquire a master for yourself, so your ears are gonna get pierced. So the Shemi Shmuel asked the famous question we asked, why are you piercing his ears? You pierce his hand. His hand is what's full. What are you piercing his ears for? And the answer is, what does it mean? They didn't listen. It's the deeper listening. He heard, but he didn't fulfill what he heard. If he really would have heard the deeper aspect, he never would have come to stealing. And that's true listening, is a true understanding of something that gets totally absorbed into what you hear. Therefore, he didn't really hear the message. If he really heard the message, he would never have stolen. So that's what we're always gonna associate Bina with hearing while seeing is Chachma because it's more expansive. And more than that, when you're listening, you're going out of yourself because you're hearing something from something outside of you. 
And that really is what Bina is, going to a place that's beyond you and will purify the physicality. Because when you hear things that are far away from you, you're able to purify yourself. And that's why you say, Shema Yisrael. Because you say, Shema Yisrael, I'm willing to die. What does that mean? I'm willing to go out of myself to a world that's beyond. And that's why we say, Shema. Okay, a little bit more to connect, and we'll finish that up. And Mirsham, start Da'as tomorrow. Shmoyach, everyone.